We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome back to another episode of the pack a day podcast you can get all your pack a day updates by following us on twitter at pack a day podcast and remember to subscribe to the podcast on itunes google play tune in stitcher or spotify and of course you can check us out over at cheeseheadtv.com i'm kyle fellows and i am joined by my co-hosts Maggie Loney and Andrew Mertig. It's a Friday show, you guys. So we are, as always, really excited to be back. How are you guys doing? Yeah, my life is uh, pretty crazy right now. As I announced on Twitter uh, on Saturday, I'm moving from the holy land of Green Bay to San Diego. So I've got a ton to juggle, but the draft is like the one thing I have my eye on that is a reprieve from all the chaos in my life. So hopefully things aren't quite as crazy, Maggie. Yeah, I'm also planning to move to San Diego if it rains and snows one more day in Wisconsin. It has been awful. I'm really over it. But every week we get closer to the draft and my excitement builds. And I was going to make a joke about it being the most wonderful time of the year. But it's not because I'm absolutely sick of the rain and the snow. So see you in San Diego, Andrew. That's funny. I am in Michigan, of course. I think we get the same weather as you guys like a day later. So um, experiencing the same. My six-year-old son actually asked me today when we could move to Florida. So this is a, a <laughs> continuous trend. I am also jealous of San Diego. But you guys, the month leading up to the draft is always totally nuts. We know that we are trying to get to know several hundred prospects. We are getting all the pro day testing numbers. We're all overreacting to those RAS scores or trying not to. It's totally crazy. And so the Packaday podcast is committed to helping our listeners get a flyover of as many of these prospects as possible. We also want to talk about how they may or may not fit with the Green Bay Packers. So yesterday, Mark, Jason, and Paul helped you get to know Alec Pierce, Sky Moore, Jahan Dotson. And today, we are moving on to the offensive line. And we're excited. We are going to continue to uh, talk about a few prospects that should all be taken on day one or maybe early day two of the draft. And we're looking at Northern Iowa's Trevor Penning, Mississippi State's Charles Cross, and Tulsa's Tyler Smith. So, uh, Andrew, this is going to be a fun show. You want to kick us off with these offensive tackles today? Yeah, I know maybe maybe this position group isn't as sexy as the wide receivers, but uh, we know how 
how much the Packers value offensive tackle. And, you know, they, they have some needs there, which which we'll talk about a little bit later in the show. And so we're going to kick this off with Charles Cross. Um, and, you know, the Cross out of Mississippi State, the, the first thing you notice, he's a really good athlete. Maybe good isn't even an, enough. He's a great athlete. <laughs> he's got elite movement skills and will pass pro against speed rushers all day long. Rumors are that he played at 285 pounds in college. Like, that's not going to fly in the pros. But he did show up at the combine, weighed in at 305, and still was moving incredibly well. So he just needs to put more weight on and continue to get stronger. Anchor could be a potential problem. He's not a mauler in the run game quite yet. So he's going to have to rely on reaching and techniquing players out of run lanes. That being said, this guy's movement ability is elite and he's got really nice length. So I, I really do think Charles Cross could be a franchise left tackle if he puts on that additional weight and strength. So I have Cross tied for offense tackle two, and he's my eighth player overall. So I, I view him as a really, really top notch player. You I think those movement skills are just too enticing for a bunch of teams to pass on him. And I know I've already started to hear the whispers. There's these Andre Dillard comps out there. But I think this is a guy that is just much better with his technique and demonstrates the want to to be successful. And, like, I don't know if you remember back, I was not a big proponent of Andre Dillard. I don't think that they're comparable players. I I think Cross, just because they're both good movers doesn't mean they're the same, right? David Bakhtiari and Jason Spriggs were very different. (laughs) They were different prospects, of course, but they had different end results. And and I think the same is, is being sort of unfairly comparing Cross to Dillard just because they're both a little lighter and really great movers. Yeah, I'll be perfectly honest. I have done most of my offensive line looking in the mid rounds because we know that's kind of where the Packers always have their sweet spot. I've done very little assessment of Cross specifically, and it's solely because it just feels like he's going to be so far gone by the time Green Bay picks. I think they'd have to trade up pretty high to even get into his range, and I'm not sure I see the Packers trading up for you know in the first round at all, maybe let alone for a tackle. But Kyle, the prospect you're going to talk about is somebody I actually, I guess, could see being in the Packers range. Yeah, it's really fun. And I feel like every year, maybe the last three years, we've like talked ourselves into the fact that the Packers were going to be all in on tackles. And there's all these rumors leading up to the draft of of these guys that they're going to be in on. And they've bypassed the first round uh, entirely for offensive tackle. And so maybe this is the year when we have our guard down and they go ahead and do that and just surprise us all. But uh, I think you're right. This next one is interesting. If the Packers were to go that way, we're talking about Trevor Penning. And Penning is from the University of Northern Iowa. And UNI has really become an unexpected pipeline for offensive line just these last couple of years. They have Penning this year, of course, and they had Spencer Brown last year. And these guys are not average prospects. They are both elite athletes. So I don't know what UNI is up to, but they are collecting offensive line talent in a really serious way. Uh, but Penning is a fun player. He's played mostly left tackle for UNI. Might be a better fit at right tackle in the NFL, but he has started at both tackle spots and guard in college. So that versatility uh, brings some value for him for sure. Uh, He does have some issues with bend at times, bit of a little bit of that waist bender and can play a little high. And so it's reasonable to think that a smaller, more athletic rusher could give him some struggles at the next level. But uh, the power 
and the physicality is special, man. Uh, in the run game, he plays with a nastiness and intensity that you really do want from your offensive lineman. He was dominant as a pass protector in his conference. Of course, he played at UNI, so there's some of that to consider, but dominant there. And I mentioned the athleticism, right? Penning really is an incredible athlete. He was on Bruce Feldman's freak list. He holds a 9.96 RAS score. He ran a 4.8940, which is 97th percentile for offensive line. He was also 93rd and 98th percentile in the 10 split and the three cone, which are very important metrics specifically for the Green Bay Packers historically when they look at offensive linemen. So he really does meet those Green Bay athletic standards for the position. Uh, he set the leg press record for Northern Iowa. He also lettered in basketball and track and field in high school going back that far. So an impressive athlete all around. Uh, before I share this next bit, though, I do feel like I need to give a little bit of a disclaimer because this is a PFF thing. Andrew and I use PFF throughout the season as a really useful tool, but I don't really trust PFF's draft content all that much. Uh, they just look at things through a little bit different lens uh, than maybe those who grind the tape the way that, that some of us do. Um, I don't think projecting college players is necessarily their strength, but... There was a PFF nugget on Penning that I found really, really interesting. Penning is a good run blocker, but for PFF, he is the highest graded run blocker that they have ever charted, ever. So, uh, of course, it's FCS competition, but regardless, that's dominant success that you'd like to believe can continue as he goes to the NFL. And if you've been listening to Andrew and I for the last couple of years, before we were graciously joined by Maggie, uh, you know that I love watching player interviews. And so just to kind of get a feel for these guys and what makes them tick and those kinds of things. And Penning is a great interview. And you can tell that he just loves the game of football. So uh, I really like this prospect. He Oh, another little thing. He hasn't missed a start in his three years at UNI. So you love the durability as well. But I, I would say the biggest drawback for me with Penning is that he will be 23 years old when the season starts this fall. So he's not the youngest prospect in the world. But outside of that, Trevor Penning is a very Packers prospect. And I honestly think he's a sneaky fit at 22 if you were to fall that far. Yeah. Have you ever been to Disney World? And you know how they have that ride called the People Mover? That's <laughs> that's Trevor Penning. If you like watching offensive line tape, put his on. Because, you know, you already covered it already. But boy, would he look good as a Packer. He just feels like that prototypical freak athlete lineman that Green Bay really covets in the draft. I'm not sure he'd make it to where the Packers are picking, and I don't know if I see them trading up for a tackle, like I said with Cross, but if he's there at 22, I'd have a really hard time not pulling the trigger and having that right tackle position set for the next five-plus years. Yeah, and I, I was just going to read off what I have for Penning based on my film evaluation. I'm going to repeat most of what you said, right? Like, it, and so I'll, I'll just cut to the chase. He's a big, strong, nasty dude. I think he can, you know, be an absolute force in the run game. He likes beating up defenders. Sometimes that aggressiveness gets him in a little trouble. You see some penalties. You see some some plays where he's lunging a little bit. Um, you know, he can get off balance at times. His technique needs to be cleaned up just a little bit. Um, and the nastiness is going to play well with some teams, but 
he's probably limited to right tackle, as I think both of you have said. You know, that there's there's probably a little bit of a comp here to Tevin Jenkins last year, um, but I think he's a better prospect than that. Um, he, you know, Spencer Brown, who I kind of fell in love with right before the draft last year and, of course, had the sensational rookie year with Buffalo, um, I, I think he can be effective right away. So um, I do like that going early. I think, you know, I have him as OT4, my overall prospect 13. So I think really highly of Trevor Penning. And, and I think he's going to make some team really happy. I just think it's going to be too far before 22 to be an attractive option for Brian Glucos. Yeah. So the last prospect we were tasked with discussing today is Tyler Smith and Tyler Smith is nasty. He is exactly the kind of player that I would want wearing green and gold protecting Aaron Rodgers. He played left tackle at Tulsa, which of course also fits the mold for what the Packers look for in an offensive line prospect, but he's probably a better fit for guard at the next level. Could he play right tackle? Maybe, but I think his best fit is probably in the interior where he can really use his power and run over defenders. He's powerful. He's really dominant as a run blocker, but he doesn't always finish. He's pretty raw, and he's definitely stronger as a run blocker than a pass protector. So he would need to work on those skills, I think, significantly if he joined the Packers. Luckily for him, though, Adam Senovich is one of the best in the business and just so happens to be the new offensive coordinator for the Packers. So true to the Packers mold, he's got an elite RAS. He's an 8.76 grade as a tackle, so not a freak athlete, but he has okay size, okay explosion, and good agility, um, but he does have elite speed. What's interesting, though, is if you change his position to guard, his RAS jumps to a 9.61 with great size, good explosion, good agility, and still that elite speed. So he's a developmental kind of prospect to me, given that he's a raw talent, but he absolutely could be a long-term starter at guard if the Packers weren't sold on what they currently have along the interior, which we'll talk about, I think, a little bit later in the show. It's also worth noting that one of his RAS comps at guard when you shift him over is Quentin Nelson. And I'm not saying he is Quentin Nelson or will be Quentin Nelson, but I'm just saying if you told me that I could have Quentin Nelson on my team, I would take that 10 out of 10 times. So he's only 21, um, which is another check for the Packers in that column for offensive linemen. Yeah, I he's, he's an absolute mauler and he, he loves to hit and has defenders on the ground. He, there, there's a lot of those highlight reel um, sort of like decleter blocks. Um, he can also get top heavy trying to make the big hit. Um, he is super strong. He's going to anchor with the best of them. Um, you know, he, the, I, I don't think his athletic testing scores necessarily showed up on tape super consistently um i i didn't think he was the best puller i think sometimes when he has to make really quick adjustments he can struggle a little bit um but you know i i really do like him as a guard maggie and i i echo everything that you said i have him as interior offensive lineman four my overall prospect 74 if the packers took a swing at smith and with one of their second round picks i think that would be a really really strong value i don't know how high that they're they're going to be looking to take a guard considering the success they've had later in the draft but smith is definitely somebody um, to keep an eye on for for brian gutekunst to target yeah, Tyler Smith is really fun. I, I saw him going 28 overall uh, a couple weeks ago pretty consistently to the Packers as kind of this random connection. Uh, but I, I feel like that's a little bit high for where I would feel comfortable. And with you, Andrew, the second round feels a little bit more of a natural range uh, for him. But when I was looking at Tyler Smith, it seems like he's a guy who, once he gets his hands on you, 
Uh, he's a mauler. And so the problem, though, with Tyler Smith that kept coming up is that when he gets his hands on you, he doesn't always let go. Uh, the guy had <laughs> yeah. 16 penalties last year. Uh, a lot of those were holding. So uh, he's got some things to clean up, but a very, very promising prospect as someone who can develop. And what I love, I mean, I mentioned that I watched the player interviews. He talks at length about how he knows that at the next level he needs to become more of a technician and not just rely on that uh, ability to kind of be the bully and and kind of maul guys in the run game and those kinds of things. So uh, some upside there for sure. But I think we're going to pivot here a little bit in the show, and we're going to talk a little bit about the Packers need at offensive tackle. And what is it, right? Because I was saying you know, earlier, we feel like maybe we've been looking for that next offensive tackle or right tackle since Brian Bulaga. Uh, moved on and and these kinds of things as we kind of thought Billy Turner may be on the way out um, over these last couple of years at different points. And then the Packers haven't selected one. So let's have a little bit of a discussion. How settled is this position? Who do you think is starting there in 2022? And would the Packers pull the trigger on a tackle potentially early in the draft? Yeah, it does sound like there's optimism that David Bakhtiari is going to be ready to start the season. We know Elton Jenkins will not be available until later in the year. So the big question is, can Yash Nyman play right tackle if he's asked to do so? Can he be the starter there? And is Cole Van Lannan uh, yet another late round pick the Packers can coach up into being a solid backup, maybe that swing tackle um, that they need right there? So what do you think about that, Maggie? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like we're answering questions with more questions at this point. But, you know, the Packers released Billy Turner and then the Devontae Adams trade freed up cap space. So I thought maybe that would be an opportunity for them to go the the Kelly uh, Valdir route and sign a veteran that could either, you know, place your starter at right tackle in a pinch or just be a backup swing tackle if you wanted to give a guy like Yash you know, the chance to start at right tackle. But since that hasn't happened yet, and maybe, of course, it could happen after the draft, the Packers clearly either feel good about the guys they have in the room that they can develop at the position, or the Packers have a plan in place to look at their next right tackle in the draft. I know, you know, Newman is another name that could potentially play tackle, even though he played guard in 2021. So I think the Packers have pieces in the room. It's just we can't really get a good read yet on if they're confident in those pieces. So, Kyle, what do you think? Do you think the starting right tackle is on the roster yet? Or do you think that position or that person is coming? You know, I don't really know, but I have a feeling that the Packers may be comfortable with not knowing at this point. I think they feel comfortable with the pieces that they have, knowing that they can kind of shuffle some of those things around. And versatility has always been key for the Packers in what they look for in an offensive tackle. So I think if Elton Jenkins wants to play right tackle, I think that they would give him that opportunity. The question is, what is his timeline and when can he get over there? I do think some of the decisions that the Packers made at the end of the season um, with Billy Turner at left tackle, um, and then help me out. Who played right tackle in that last game um, for the Packers? Do you guys remember? It was Dennis, Dennis Kelly, Kelly, right? Dennis Kelly plays right tackle, and Yash Nyman was available, right? And so they didn't move him over there naturally um, in that decision, and I, that's interesting to me. So it will be really, really interesting to see how this plays out, where they value Nyman, if he is kind of more of that. Uh, swing tackle or if they think he can be a plug and play right tackle guy I just don't think that we really know uh, at this point yeah and so all right this is uh, this is like shifting gears completely but <laughs> I did want to talk a little bit um, I've I've just heard all of this this discussion on Twitter about there's going to be a, a lack of wide receivers available at pick 22 so the Packers are going to have to trade up um, or, you know, the, whoever whoever your favorite flavor of wide receiver is in the first round, there's no way they're going to make it to 22, right? Like everybody's going to be gone. Um, so that got me to thinking, what, what could the Packers be facing in terms of available players when they get on the clock in a few weeks? And so this thought exercise is just basically like, these are the players I think most people would be in agreement are going to be gone at 22, so you have the edges, right? The big four edges, Aiden Hutchinson, Trayvon Walker, Kayvon Thibodeau, Jermaine Johnson. You've got the three corners, Sauce Gardner, Derek Stingley Jr., Andrew Booth Jr. Even though I've seen Booth sliding in mocks, I don't really understand that because he is a really fantastic player. At safety, you've got Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton. I'm going to throw in Daxton Hill to this conversation because I, I really think that there is a strong chance he goes in the top 20 picks. Like he is super versatile. There's a lot of whispers around the league that there's a lot of teams that covet his skill set, and he very well could be somebody that's gone before 22. At offensive tackle, I mean, that's what we were talking about today, right? You have the the big two, Evan Neal and Ike McQuanu, and then you have Charles Cross and Trevor Penning, both of who we just covered. I don't think either one of those makes or any of those four make it to 22. Uh, quarterback Malik Willis probably gone before 22 as well, right? And so that's 14 players I just mentioned already right there. And then there's the list of players who aren't wide receivers but have a decent or good chance of getting selected before Green Bay picks. There's a guy like 
Kenny Pickett, the quarterback, right? Devin Lloyd, the linebacker. There's defensive linemen like Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt that could go early. Uh, cornerback Trent McDuffie's been connected to some teams um, in the teens. Uh, interior offensive lineman Kenyon Green, certainly somebody could fall in love with him. Edge George Karloftis after we see the, the run on the big four. That in total is 21 players, right? And I didn't mention a single wide receiver out of that group. There are also some wild cards that could go early. We, we've heard maybe some teams really covet Desmond Ritter, the quarterback. He's been interviewing fantastically, if you believe the reports, um, and certainly has a, a really unique skill set. Safety, Jaquan Brisker or Lewis Seen. Maybe some team falls in love with them. Edge, Boye Mafe, interior offense lineman, Zion Johnson or Tyler, Tyler Linderbaum. So, yeah, I mean, that's a lot of players, right? And don't get me wrong, there are going to be wide receivers that get picked before 22, maybe several, but I don't think we're in a situation where Green Bay needs to panic and trade up if there are multiple wide receivers that they like. Because I think as fans, we have a tendency to overvalue wide receivers in the draft and think that every team who has wide receivers somewhere on their list um, of, of needs considers that a super high positional priority, when in fact, a lot of them just wait till day two to address that. And so I just wanted to to get your thoughts and, and see if, if uh, you know, I'm just wildly crazy here to think that there might be more wide receivers on the board than we think when the Packers pick at 22. This is really fun, Andrew, and I'm glad that you laid this out. And this is stuff that I do probably starting like next week as we approach the draft when I'm laying in bed at night and I can't sleep. Instead of counting sheep, I'm counting how many players are going to go before the Packers get to pick. And really, though, seriously, like there are so many good players in this draft. And the good news is either they're going to be available, push the push the wide receivers down, or one of these guys is going to fall to Green Bay, which is not a bad thing, right? You talk about players like Trevor Penning, who we talked about today. If he you know, were to be pushed down the board, that's a great thing. Daxton Hill, if he's pushed down to Green Bay, Jermaine Johnson, one of these defensive linemen like, I don't know, Jordan Davis, that would seem kind of crazy. But, I mean, some of these guys are going to be there, either that or the wide receiver. I think you make a really good point, though. The Packers may not need to trade up. And historically, the Packers don't really have a history of being a team who's going to trade up for that position. And so it's going to be interesting to see if the crazy lack of talent on the roster causes them to break that mold um, for a specific player or two that they really like. Or if they just kind of say, no, this is who we are which is what Ted Thompson would probably do and just draft him. Hollywood always draft him and then draft the next, you know, Jordy Nelson or whoever in the second round. So it'll be interesting to see how it all comes together, but it's really fun to see how this board stacks and how deep this draft is. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And, you know, Mark Murphy, Matt LaFleur, we've had a lot of like cryptic responses to things about the Packers having ammo to do what they need to do. And, you know, whether they make those two picks in the first round, whether they trade back, you know, if, the board is actually falling the way they want it to, and they feel really good about their picks. It's hard to see them trading up, Andrew, when you lay it out the way you do and talk about how many players likely will be on the board for them at 22 and 28. But yeah, I mean, this is, I think we said it last week, but this is probably one of the more fun draft classes that I can remember solely knowing how much ammo the Packers have to be able to move around in that top 60. 
Yeah, and I guess this was just my way of venting when I see whatever <laughs> tweet it is that player X is not going to be there at 22. Um, because I think when you when it comes to wide receivers, we don't know. Uh, they could go in a lot of different orders. I think there's probably four different players who could be wide receiver one in this draft. And so it's going to be fascinating. And, man, it's coming up. Like, it's unbelievable how close we are getting. We're already in April, and uh, we're going to have a heck of a lot of fun on the way. we got some cool shows coming up. So uh, please stay tuned to the Pack-A-Day podcast as we try to get you ready for the 2022 NFL Draft. But that is all the time that we have for today. This has been the Pack-A-Day podcast. You can find Maggie on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. You can find Kyle at Packer underscore Pundit. And you can find me at Andrew Mertig. Please subscribe and consider giving us a five-star rating. You can catch Kyle, Maggie, and myself every single Friday, and next week we'll be back with more off-season coverage. Thanks for listening, and as always, remember... Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.